Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to C3 Corumbans podcast. We want you to know that you are loved by a God who is love. So good to have you with us. Why don't you enjoy this week's sermon? Hallelujah. If you got your Bible, head on over to Acts chapter 4. Now, last year, we actually went through the book of uh, first four chapters in Acts. And there was a passage that stood out right at the end of Acts 4 that just did such, a, God did such a beautiful work in my heart as I was studying it and reading it more and, and going through it. And as I was praying about today, yeah, uh, you know, if you know me, I, I like having a plan. I like structure. I like routine. And at the same time, I always, when, when we get thrown out of routine, last week I, I spoke about when there's a forced change to your rhythm. And that's what we're still in, right? There's this shift. We're being thrown out of rhythms. We're being thrown out of routine. How do we, how quickly can we engage in a new routine? How quickly can we seek the presence of God? And so today, going through our preaching series, we'd be stepping into uh, our continuing unforced rhythms of grace. We're st- stepping into the, the fourth invitation of Jesus, which is work with me. And we want to speak about in work with Jesus, working with Jesus. For this month, we want to focus on sharing the gospel. And I really want us to get that that is not just just telling the message of Jesus Christ, but it's being salt and light. It's living a life that shines the gospel. It's demonstrating the good news of Jesus Christ to our world. And so we're going to focus on that more this month. But something that uh, I really wanted to preach on today in light of all that's going on in the world, and all that's happening on the news and social media and all that's going on right now, as well as us recognizing that we're a body of believers. We are called out. The ecclesia called out ones is literally what ecclesia means. If we are called out ones, if we're set apart by God for God's glory, then what would it look like for us to live right now? What would it look like for us to engage in prayer and engage in a relationship with a sovereign God and shine the light of the gospel in that way. And so I wanted to re-preach out of this passage, but fresh lens of what's going on right now. So if you've got your Bible, Acts chapter 4, to give you a bit of, we're going to pick up in verse 23, but a bit of background. So Peter and John in Acts 3 were on their way to the temple. They healed a guy and it's amazing thing. Then they go into the temple, they get, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff happens. They end up getting arrested. You could read it in your own time. It's a, it's a wild passage. These two chapters are incredible. They get threatened and they're like, we, they threaten them never to preach in the name of Jesus Christ again. But then they release them because the crowd were just amazed at this actual miracle that had happened. And so they've just been released from prison. They go back. Um, we're going to pick up in verse 23. They've just been released from prison. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all of the believers shared a link to Facebook with a YouTube clip of an awesome guy in his basement telling us about end of days. No, just kidding. When they heard the report, all of the believers commented online engaging in their political opinion. No, just kidding. When they heard the report, all of the believers got really angry and started unfollowing people who disagreed with them in their social economic views of what's happening in the world right now. No, 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 that's not what it says in the Bible. When they heard the report, All the believers lifted their voices together, united in prayer to God. Yeah, 
yes and amen. Close the book. We can finish the Zoom meeting right there. Look at the unity that's happening. This is in the face of being of threats. This is in the face of governments and leaders trying to stop the church being the church in the face of it all. How did the church engage unity and prayer to God? Hallelujah. Just sailor, just rest. The word sailor, it's used several times in Psalms. It means to pause and reflect. In the face of threats, the believers united in prayer to God. Amen? I think that's what we're called to do predominantly, C3 Corumban. And this is their prayer. It's what I want us to focus on today. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Sounds like now. Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, verse 27, this is a big bit. This happened here in this very city for Herod. Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant. So all the rulers, all the religious leaders, all the elders, all the, the believers, the Jews, and all of the not God's people, the Gentiles, all united against Jesus. But catch this, verse 28, everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. Holy smokes. And now, O oh Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in what? Preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Amen. Let's pray. Well, God, we thank you so much. And we stand together right now in unity, praying to a faithful God, to a good God, to a God who's at work, to a God who is not retired, to a God who is not out of control, to a God who is for us, to a God who so loved the world he sent his only son, to a God who will not let us go. We pray to that God and we pray, sovereign God, do what we cannot do. We thank you that you're in control. We pray that you are working this all together for good, for your glory and for your praise. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would give us eyes to see what you are doing in our lives, in our community, in our nation, in this world right now. Give us eyes to see you, Holy Spirit. Give us peace to trust you when we cannot see what's going on. Let us engage in this spiritual warfare correctly. Let us be reminded that we battle not against flesh and blood. It's not our fight, people who disagree with us. It's not our fight, governors who are deciding things that we don't agree with. That's not our fight. In our battle, our warfare is against principalities and powers of darkness. We recognize, Holy Spirit, that we are in a, a fight 
and a war that we cannot win in our own strength and ability. But you're in control of it, God. You've never been out of control. You are, oh, sovereign Lord, creator of all things. So we resubmit our life to you. We experience fresh joy knowing that our Father in heaven is completely in control. And we rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's engage. What do we got? Let's engage. Let's push in. What a moment. Do you resonate with this church? I'm sitting there with this early church and I'm, I'm resonating so much. I'm like, wow, there's chaos. There's tension going on. The governors and the leaders are all, and the church aren't getting along. There's all this tension and chaos. And so what do they decide to do? They pray. They pray. They gather together. When they hear the report, they decide to pray. What, what do they want? The, 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 the fear right now, the fear for these people is the threats coming against them. The desired outcome is boldness to keep living for Jesus and preaching his name and his gospel. So I'm afraid of what's coming to me and I desire to live for God. So what is my method? What is my answer right now? Prayer. I'm going to engage in prayer more. I know if you know, me, I hate overstatements and I know a lot of people watching it, you know, when you summarize or everyone right now is doing this, or no one is doing it. You know, I, I don't like overstatements, but I'm going to give a pretty big overstatement right now, but that I'm going to stand by. I truly think some of what, the biggest weakness of the Western church right now in the Western world is weak prayer life and a, too low of a view of God think the church is, is very lacking right now. The Western church is very lacking right now because in my opinion, prayer life is too weak as a whole and the view of God is too low. And so C3 Crumman, let this week, here's another overstatement on that. You, you're gonna, it's too much. You're not going to like it, but I can almost promise you, do you want to experience more of God this week? Pray more and have a higher view of God. Pray more and have a higher view of God. That's what today I want to lift your eyes, get a bigger view of God. They start their prayer in the most fascinating way. Man, this is a good way to start their prayer. Oh, sovereign Lord, sovereign over create, creator of all things, sovereign over everything in creation, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea and everything in it. That, that's got nothing to do with what's happening right now. And it's got nothing to do with what they want, right? Why, why would you start a sovereign Lord, sovereign over everything in creation? That's got nothing. Like, I'm afraid of the government and I want to live with more boldness for Jesus. Why would you start your prayer recognizing the sovereignty of God? Because they're relifting their eyes to the bigness of God. The noise, when they heard the report, they started focusing on the small. Have you experienced that in the last year? I have. When I'm reading too many reports, too many negative reports, too many things going on, too much animosity online, too much hatred and comments online, my view starts shifting to this. And when my view starts shifting to this, my God gets smaller. I'm like, oh, no, I don't know if God is in control. I don't know if he is at work right now. I don't know if he can fix this. So what they do is they lift their eyes away from the problem back to the bigness of God. See through Karam, and this week, get a bigger view of God. 
sovereign God, sovereign over all creation, the uncreated God. Then you won't be worrying about, oh, what's going on in the Australian government right now. You know, you won't be worrying about what's going on in the economy right now. You won't be worrying about, oh, but this is happening with China and Russia and America's going to do bigger, way bigger, sovereign God over all of flippant creation. Think about Psalm 33, verse 6. He breathed the stars into being. That's the God we worship. He breathed them into being. Psalm 147, it says he counts, he determines the number of stars and he calls them each by name. Psalm 147, he calls each star by name. Did you guys ever watch Indescribable? It's by Louis Giglio. If you haven't seen it, jump on YouTube as soon as this Zoom's finished. YouTube, Louis Giglio, he's an American preacher. Phenomenal. He, he um, used to run Passion Conference before he started Passion Church in Atlanta. And he did this message and this video went out called Indescribable. It's about the bigness of God. But there's one star, I think it was called the Canis Majoris. But anyway, uh, just, just this is what he describes. This is, this is one star okay if if uh if this star if the earth sorry if the earth was a golf ball i didn't get one don't play golf enough if the earth was a golf ball picture the golf ball right now about this big i'm holding it in my hand this one star canis majoris would be from here to snapper rocks I, I i did it from bird's eye view it's nine kilometers from here to the point at snapper rocks directly that is the diameter of this one star up there if the earth was a golf ball. And the Bible says that in the hundreds and billions of stars out there, the billions of galaxies filled with billions of stars, he breathes them all into being. He counts them, he determines the number, and he names them all. Guys, that's the God we worship. And not only do we worship him, we get to call him Father. Romans 8, 13, 14, you've received spirit of adoption through whom now to God we cry out, Abba, Father. That's the God in heaven you worship. Are you going to allow fear to come in your heart over what's being reported online or some website that's being out there or, or the angst? I feel angst scrolling for too long over the just the division that's happening in our society right now. Church, you and I are called. Don't worry about what the community are doing. You and I are called to lift our eyes above the noise. So sovereign God, sovereign of all of creation. That's the God we worship. I meet too many Christians who put satan on the same par as god and they're looking at the world right now going oh satan you know the bible says he's the god of this world and he's in control right now he's winning he's having a field day he's going on i'm like what if we say opposites you know up down left right on off they're opposites if i go opposite of god too many people go satan satan's the opposite of god no satan was created by the uncreated god satan's opposite Biblically, it's closer to Michael, the archangel, or Gabriel. They're, they're the three main archangels we hear about. Lucifer was an archangel originally. His opposite would be that. He is not the opposite of God. You, you cannot have the view that Satan is an equal opposite to God, and someday Satan's winning, someday God's winning. That is not biblically accurate. Our God is sovereign over the whole thing. 
In Job, Satan has to come and stand in his presence to ask his permission. Just remember that. Guys, Satan is not winning right now. If anything, our prayer life is too weak and our view of God is too low. Lift our eyes above the noise. Don't get caught up in what's going on, the reports. They heard the reports. So what did they do? They lift their eyes. There's a lot of reports online. There's a lot of reporters online. Have you ever noticed that? Everyone's a commentator and journalist these days. Don't get caught up in the noise. Lift your eyes. Oh, God, you're sovereign. Not only is he sovereign over creation, C3 Corumbum, this should mess with you. I preached on this last year. It should mess with you. God is sovereign over the cross. It said, when Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Israelite leaders, the, the, the temple leaders and the Gentiles were gathered together in unity, all of them against Jesus, all they did was carry out what you determined beforehand. The cross, I'm trying to mess with you to get a bigger view of God. The cross was not Jesus losing. The cross was the plan. Cross was the plan. I could teach on this for the next hour, but just to do it really quickly in Revelation chapter 13, it's verse 7 or 8. I believe it's verse 7. You'll have to write it down and correct me later. Revelation 13, 7. It speaks about the book and all of our names are written in the book, right? Everyone's going to heaven. The book and the book is called the lamb who was slain. And it says in that verse, this book was written before the foundations of the earth. This book is called the lamb who was slain all through the Bible. Who is the lamb who was slain? Jesus. The book is called the lamb who was Jesus who died. That's what the book's pretty much called. Jesus died. And when was the book written? Before the foundations of the earth. I'm trying to help you get a bigger picture of God. When the, when the leaders at the time and the governors at the time and everyone was ganging up on Jesus and it looked like Jesus lost, it looked like God lost, all that was happening was the governors were carrying out what he planned the whole time. Guys, he's never been out of control. Jesus is in control right now. God is sovereign. Nothing will happen that he does not allow to happen. Now, yes, to continue messing with you, let's remember the Israelites sent 400 years in slavery because God allowed it to happen. The Israelites were exiled into Babylon and lost their country because God allowed it to happen. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, the, the believers were dispersed because the persecution was so intense they were being killed because God allowed it to happen. So just because God's in control and nothing happens unless he allows it, I'm not, that's not me saying every day is going to be easy and wonderful and you're going to win the lotto this weekend. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is even on your worst day, God is in control. That is why when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil because my God is with me and my God is in control. That's why Isaiah says, though you walk through the water, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned because my God is in control. So I Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire and the people who threw them into the fire even died but they were not burned god allowed them to go into the fire but he didn't let them be harmed because our god is in control 
Church, fires are coming. Floods are coming. Valleys of the shadow of death are coming. Expect them. But don't let fear creep in your heart because our God is in control and he is with you. Difficult days are coming and our God is good and our God is in control. Can you remember Joseph? Come on, anyone who grew up in kids' church, you remember the story of Joseph. Gets a dream, his brothers are going to bow down to him, gets a coat of many colors, the brothers sell him into slavery, lie to Jacob, his dad, saying he's been killed. Joseph gets sold into Egypt as a slave, rises up to Potiphar's right hand before his wife accuses him back into prison. This guy's in prison. He spends like a bulk of his life in prison, right? That's a pretty hard life when he didn't do anything wrong. Other than some people like, oh, he was proud. He told them his dream. I'm like, gee, that's kind of stretching it. Like I've done significantly proud of things like that in my life. But anyway, this guy spends most of his life in prison before he interprets Pharaoh's dream, comes up to the right hand of Pharaoh, saves everyone under the Egyptian empire at the time. Do you remember Joseph's words in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20? If you're taking notes, Genesis 50 verse 20, what you planned for evil, God planned for good, that I might save many people. You hearing that? What an awful life he had. Most of his life is in prison, surrounded this disgusting dungeon. There would have been feces everywhere, disgusting. It's awful down there. That's most of his life, being faithful to God. That was the bulk of his life. When he gets out, what does he say? God was in control the entire time. And he was working it together for good. I had an awful, awful number of years down there. God was in control every day. Hey, church, things might look bad for us at times. I'm not looking for a life that's easy. I'm looking for the presence of God. God, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. You said you're with me every single moment of the day. You said you're called Emmanuel, the with us God. You are with me right now in this awful day. I will not let fear come into my heart. I will not let anger grip my heart. I will not let anxiety come into my heart about the unknown and what the governments might do. My decision is this. The governments are only working together, but God is in control. He's never been out of control. Amen. Rest in his sovereignty. Sovereign over creation. He is unmatched. He was sovereign over the cross. The worst day for the church. God's still in control. The last thing I'll finish with is he is sovereign over the commission. Do you know what I love about this prayer? They were threatened to stop and they refused to stop. Okay. So they didn't listen to the authorities at the time. But let's be really clear on what they refused to listen to the authorities about preaching. The gospel. They said, no matter how difficult tomorrow is, the church should be known for the gospel. They said, we're never going to stop preaching the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But here's the thing. Here's what I love. Sovereign God, you are sovereign. Can you please, can you give us boldness? Can you stretch out your hand and do many miracles all in the name of your servant, Jesus Christ? Here's what I want us to get. C3 Crumman. You and I are completely incompetent to carry out what God has asked us to do. And that is wonderful. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm rejoicing that we can't build this church and succeed, whatever that means, in our own strength, ability, and talents, and possessions. We can't do it. We are 
lost, hopelessly lost, without God still at work in us and through us. And they, they were praying. They're like, Lord, they didn't pray, uh, take away the threats. They didn't pray that. Uh, Lord, make tomorrow easier. They didn't pray that. Lord, can we retire yet and take a superannuation out and go and live in some island of Greece? They didn't pray that. Lord, can you please give us confidence and boldness just to keep going, staying faithful to you? Lord, can you do miracles? Because we cannot. Can you do miracles through us? And can you do it all in the name of Jesus Christ? Not our name and your name for your glory. Amen. We are so incompetent to see someone saved, church. We are so incompetent to see a revelation. We are so incompetent to see someone healed on this altar. We are so incompetent to build a church. But God is able. And our job, C3 Corumban, is to keep going back to him, recognize that he is the true vine. We are just branches, that he is producing things through us and producing fruit. Amen. Keep coming back to him because the Great Commission is what we are called to do. I've said this before to so many people. I am not willing anymore. I just, I'm just not going to make more time. For people who want to debate governments with me and people who want to debate eschatology and end times with me and they're sitting there and they are barely attending church and they're not helping new Christians understand the Bible and learn to pray. They're not generous with their money to food bank or people who actually need food right now. They're sitting there wanting to debate with me. And I'm like, that's not what we're called to do. I will engage and discuss and make as much time as needed for people who just get this. There's a job to be done, church. There is a mission at hand. Right now we are launching a month of work with me. Jesus unapologetically calls his church to work. Get to, get to work right now. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Church, let's work. There are things to be done. Amen. The, share the gospel. Love people well. Share your generosity. Invite them into your home for a meal. Love them. Support them. Be there for them in this time. That is what the church is called to do. And God, as we keep praying, God will do what we cannot do. He'll fill us. He'll flow through us. He'll save people. He'll heal people. He'll redeem people. He'll bring peace. He'll bring joy. He'll bring love. As we continue to keep our eyes on a big, sovereign God, recognize that he is in control of everything, recognize that we are incompetent to do what is needed to be done today. C3 Corumban, I'm not just talking to people who desire to preach or pastor. I'm talking to every single member. Hear me clearly. You are a minister of the gospel. Every single person. You are a minister of the gospel. Mom at home with your kids, teaching your kids to learn to read the Bible, engage in a relationship with God. Father, as you're out working and, and teaching or building or anything like that, mom and wife, as you're running your business and leading and doing incredible things, young adult as you're at university right now and studying under a, a fairly anti-Christian society and group right now, hear me, every single person, you are a minister of the good news of Jesus Christ. Let his light shine. Amen. Because people are going to see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. And so let me pray for you. And once again, in a minute, if you'll stay with us till 11 a.m., in a minute, we're going to split off into groups. Here's what I want you to do. Just one thing, one thing that's encouraged you from today's message and then pray. If you don't feel confident praying out loud, you don't have to, okay? But I'd love just a room of prayer. 
Uh, we're going to split off into 12 groups. I don't know how many people will be in your group. Don't, oh, don't be overconfident with that. Don't want to say that. Don't take too much time just for you. But pray. Pray that God would do something amazing for the people in your group. Amen. Let's keep our eyes on a sovereign God right now. Let me pray for you. We'll split into groups. Then we're going to come back and I'm going to finish the service here. Okay. Jesus, we love you. Help us. When we hear these reports that bring fear and concern, help us lift our eyes off the reports and onto you. Help us to pray and trust you more and more. In your wonderful mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen.